Hi, everybody. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I was made aware yesterday of the John 17 movement. I had never heard of that before. What is the John 17 movement? Well, it's where the Pope is trying to unite all world religions into one. It's taken from a quote from John 17, the prayer of Jesus. Starting in verse um, 20, Neither pray I for these alone, but also for them which shall believe on me through their word. That's you and me, my brothers and sisters. That they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I'm in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world might believe that you did send me, unquote. Now, does that mean that every single human being is, quote-unquote, spiritually okay? Regardless of their religion, well, all the other religions in the world, all the other wor- forms of worship, I should say, in the world, do not worship Jehovah. That is a problem. Why is that a problem? Why aren't all the world religions the same and good enough for God? Because they don't worship according to God's instructions. They don't love the one and only true God. They love a foreign God, a weird God, a cruel God, a sick, perverse God. Did you know that the Bible itself says that all the gods that did not create the heavens and the earth will perish will go away and never return? Where's that found in the Bible? Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 11. I'm going to back up to verse 10 to give you a little background. But the Lord is the true God. And this is Jehovah. He is the living God. It's also YHVH, Yahweh, and 120 other names as mentioned in the Bible. Here's one of them. The living God, the true God, an everlasting king, his wrath, at his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nation shall not be able to survive his indignation. Whoa. Thus you shall say to them, The gods, and that's a little g god, that have not made the heavens and the earth, they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. Wow. Unquote. In Isaiah 2.18, let's just take a look at that a second. He says this, Well, in verse 17, to give him more background, the loftiness of man shall be bowed down and the haughtiness of men made low. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the idols, verse 18, 
he shall utterly abolish all the gods of this world that are extant today. Will go away; they'll be gone forever. Thank God. In Zephaniah,、uh, let's see, two and verse eleven, we read this: "The Lord will be terrible unto them, for He will famish all the gods of the earth, and men shall worship Him, every one from his place." All the islands of the heathen nations, they'll all worship the one and only true God. That's Jehovah. It's not Allah. It's not any other God, but Jehovah. Sorry, you Islam、uh, friends of mine, and I do have some. Believe it or not, I have.、Uh, I've met a few. I've talked with them. I talked to one Iranian guy who told me that what I, I asked him, you know, what's it like in your country, really? And he said, "Well, you remember the、uh, episode in the Indiana Jones where he was up against、uh, this guy that had a sword in a black robe and it looked real fierce and ugly and and mean and was wielding it and wanting to chop his head off." He just pulls out his revolver and blows the guy away. But before that, he's in the marketplace, and he's trying to buy a melon or something. And there's people trying to pickpocket him all over him, all around him. And he said, "That's the way it is in my country. That's real. That's the real deal. That's not fake." Wow. We have it great in America, quite honestly. Everything's pretty civil, excuse me, civilized and peaceful. Well, anyway, in verse ten of Zephaniah two, he says this: "This shall they have for their pride. They will have this for their pride because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of Hosts." Well, aren't they persecuting Christians? Aren't they persecuting the Jews throughout the world? Oh yeah. Well, I got bad news really for Muslims and all the other world religions. They're going away. They will maybe、uh, become dominant before the end of time, but when Jesus returns, he's not going to put up with it. He will kill them, and that's just the way it is. Well, is Jesus a killer? Yes, yes, he is. But he owns the world and everything in it, which includes you and me. He can do whatever he wants with whoever he wants, and that's the truth. That's the way it is. And thank God we have a kind God, a merciful God, a compassionate God. You want to see a little of that? Let's go to Luke seven, and、um, starting in eleven. It came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a lot of people. 
Now, when he came near to the gate of the city, behold, there was a man, a dead man, carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Now she has nothing, no son, no husband. And much people of the city gathered there with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Don't cry. He came and touched the bier, which is the coffin, and they that bear him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto you, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a great fear on all, and glorified God, saying, That a great prophet is risen up among us, or that God has visited his people. <laughs> yeah, God with us, Emmanuel, that's Jesus. Another word, another name for Jesus is Emmanuel. And this rumor of him, verse 17, went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. And his disciples, the disciples of John, showed him all of this that Jesus had accomplished. You want to see some other examples of Jesus' compassion? Matthew nine thirty six. Uh, Matthew fourteen fourteen, Matthew fifteen thirty two, Mark one, forty one, um, Mark five nineteen, Matthew eighteen twenty seven and um, twenty, thirty four, and also Mark six thirty four. Let's just go there. Matthew, Mark, six thirty four. Well, starting in thirty three. And the people saw him departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot there out of all the cities, and out went them, and came together unto Jesus. And when Jesus came out, he saw a lot of people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And you can read the rest of this. In fact, if you want, you can go to my website, Jesus is why, and or dot com, and uh, you can have me uh, read to you. Uh, I've got an audio book there, and it's about the life and times of Jesus. There are thirty episodes there, and thirty minutes long a piece, roughly. So there's a lot of value in that website. Check it out. I have nothing to sell. I have no ads, not even a single ad. You won't be able to buy anything or send me any money or anything. I'm not after money. I want to show my love toward God and, and honor him by bringing you these podcasts for free. And I want to make them valuable. Now, back to John 17. Let's see if there's anything prophetic in John 17. These words spoke Jesus, verse 1, and lifted up his eyes into heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. 
Glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. No mention of the Holy Spirit, I notice right there. I have glorified, excuse me, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have revealed your name unto the men which you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them me. And they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever you have given me are from you. For I have given unto them the words which you gave me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from you, and they have believed that you did send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given to me, for they are yours. And all of mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your own name those whom you have given to me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those that you gave me I have kept, and not one is lost except the son of perdition, or sin, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to you, and these things I speak while still in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And what is his joy? Hebrews 2.10, bringing many sons to glory. Verse 14, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, the rapture maybe. I pray not. In other words, Jesus didn't want people to be raptured away. That's an interesting thought. But that you should keep them from the evil, excuse me, from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Set them apart. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, even so I am sending them into the world. And for their sakes I set myself apart, that they might also be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. He's predicting the future where you and I can have a part in this. Wow. That they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they might also be one in us, and that the world might believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are, I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfected into one body, 
In other words, one family. That's what it's about. We are the children of God, all of us. Wow. But we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we need to be very careful how we worship God and not just amalgamate ourselves into one religion. It's not about religion. It's about true worship. There's a difference, a big difference. That the world may know that you have sent me, verse 23, and have loved them as you loved me. Father, I will that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared unto them your name, and will do it again in the future." So he's predicting that he will come again and teach about God. That the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them and I in them. And that's the end of the chapter. So there are many prophetic things in there, but we need to be careful how we worship God. He's a bit particular on how he's to be worshipped. And you can research more of that in the Old Testament. Woe be to the pastors, for example, that don't teach the truth. Jeremiah 23, 1 through 4, 10, 21, Ezekiel 34, 1 through 31. But eventually, all shall know God, the one and only true God. Go to Jeremiah 31 and verse 34. Everyone on earth will worship the one and only true God. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Please go to my website, itellwhy.com and or Jesus is why. I have nothing to sell on either website. It's the same website, but there's a lot to do there, a lot of things to see that build faith. All my books are there for free. You can read them, you can download them, you can print them, etc. Well, until next time, I care about you because you care about prophecy. Stay with it. And uh, I'll, God willing, catch you next time. Thanks for listening.